Hello out there. Today, I am going to walk you through week one of our Esther study. We're studying Esther. It's a four-week study inside of the community. So if you're not inside of the community, head over to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community. This is a completely free Bible study. I go live every day and you're invited. Now, today, I'm recapping week one of the Bible study that we did already. Just because you're joining now doesn't mean you're tardy to the party. You can move at your pace. You can binge watch all of the lives or you can catch it when you have some some time. Listen on your way to work. Listen when you're doing dishes, all that kind of stuff. But it's a little different structurally than I have done in the past because of the kind of book that Esther is. So I'm going to talk about what kind of book it is. I'm going to give you some overview information, and then we're going to do a character study today, and I'm going to share all the goods. So I hope you're ready. If you want to take some notes, get your Bible, grab a journal and a pen, and let's do it. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So we are in week one of our Esther study, and this is a four-week study we're doing inside of the community. If you're not already in there, head to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community so that you can join us. And if you are in there, this is just a little bit of a recap, right? I'm not sharing anything I haven't already shared inside of the study. So what I want you to know is that this is probably one of the hardest (laughs) for me. I'm going to speak personally. This was one of the hardest studies that I worked through once I started to realize what I was actually reading. I don't know about y'all, but when you either like, you know, read Esther as a child, or in my case, watch the cartoons of Esther with my children, there's a very different story presented. And then when you get into the weeds of this book, you see that there's a lot going on. And there's so much nuance because of the times, because of the culture, because of the things that just are so specific, you know, to what was going on and to things that we don't really especially now, like we don't see that at least in Western culture. So this week we focused on an overview. Day one was really an overview. Day two was a chronology of Esther. And then day three was a character study. This is the first time that I've really done a character study in one of our studies. So I did Day three, a character study of Xerxes the first and Esther. Day four, we did a character study of Mordecai and Haman. And then on day five, I really tied 
Esther to some other Old Testament books and the connections in those books. So all I'm going to do is give you a little snippet of what we covered. Hopefully that flavor gives you a little taste for more. You want to taste for more. It's like an appetizer, right? Come for the main course, hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community. But if not, at least I hope it encourages you to read Esther on your own. So let's work through a little bit of the overview. So this is a historical narrative. Jewish tradition actually suggests that Mordecai was the author based on the knowledge of all the details. But then I've read other commentary that think that it was a Persian author. So we don't really know because it's not confirmed. The time frame was approximately 482 BC. And we know based on some of the references in the book that it was happening in March, like a lot of the things that were happening happened in March. The major themes here are God's sovereignty and providential plans. Providential meaning like occurring at a favorable time. People like to say coincidence, right? Things happen to occur at this time. Well, we see that a lot. There's a lot of like really perfect timing in Esther. And we see deliverance. That's like a key word in this book, deliverance. Deliverance will arise from somewhere else. Mordecai says to Esther in Esther 4.14. So the key characters are King Xerxes, Esther, Mordecai, her cousin who raised her, and Haman, who is identified as the enemy of the Jews, which is so interesting because for the first time, I see a person outside of Satan who's identified as the enemy. And obviously, this man was filled with the spirit of Satan. So that said, we see some other supporting characters, Queen Vashti or Vashti. Some people say Vashti. But she's, you know, at the beginning in chapter one, we see a number of the king's eunuchs. A eunuch was a man who was castrated so that he could be like safe, quote unquote, to serve in the king's palace and obviously not have his wife cheat on him with him. And then there are some key things that happen throughout the story. So through a series of circumstances, Esther is elevated to the position of Persian queen. She was selected by King Xerxes himself. And then she uses her position to protect the people, the Jewish people specifically from annihilation. I'm not going to get into the chronology. You can join us on the inside of the community to get that. But some things that I wanted to share specifically about Esther are that she's not a person who we see really like unfavorably, but I've had some conversations with people who raise concerns about her kind of just like acceptance of certain things. So what I mean by that is we see that she's living in the palace, right? And Mordecai tells her not to reveal her identity, her nationality. And she, being raised by him, honors him and follows his instructions, which is fine. It's great. So she would obviously be eating, you know, quote unquote, unclean food or, you know, things that Jewish people didn't do. She would be participating in events, cultural events, you know, pagan things that Jewish people didn't participate in, which is kind of the opposite of what Daniel did. Daniel was like, actually, I'm going to not do that. I'm going to fast and I'm going to 
go be praying in my house. But she lives in the harem with the other concubines. A harem, by the way, is like an area of the palace where the women who are kept for the king, I know it sounds crazy, that's where they live. So she had like the best place in the harem. And so, yeah, she was participating in all this. No doubt because she was advised by Mordecai himself not to reveal her nationality. So in conversations I've had with people, it's like, oh, she probably was getting down with like some weird stuff. And it's like, yeah, well, she was following instructions, you know, and look what happened. The Lord still used her. And I think that's interesting because it really points to God's sovereignty, right? Like it just shows that even things that we might frown upon, God will use. And I remember a friend of mine, she's like one of my best friends. We were talking about something. We realized that it almost seemed like a coincidence that someone was living in a place that she had recommended because she went to see it herself. And she didn't know that when she gave me the idea, I would pass it on to the person that I passed it on to. And she ended up not living in that place. She lived somewhere very different. But the time she took to go see that place, in her mind, she might have thought like, oh, that was time wasted. And it ended up being the very place that I recommended or shared with someone I care about. And they live there now. And so she says to me, yo, the Lord wastes nothing. And I'll never forget because the way she said it, it was like very very simple, but very profound. You know, I was reminded of that when I was reading Esther and really getting into that, you know. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me, I get it. Let Jor's Joy podcast production and management services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Joy at facebook.com forward slash Joy. All right, back to the show. Esther is agreeable. She's like just favored all the time. She's beautiful. She's got a nice figure. People just like her. People get along with her. And she is very smart. Like the way that we see her navigate her circumstances and approach this crazy king who I'm going to touch on in just a second, she navigated all that very wisely. And she obviously still has reverence for the Lord because we see that it's her idea to fast for three days and three nights leading up to her approaching her husband, the king to petition him to, you know, save the Jewish people. So I know I'm jumping around. If you're not very familiar with Esther, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm going to go into all of that in next week's recap of week two of Esther because I'm going to be covering chapters one through three. So stick with me. I promise you're going to get it. It's going to make sense. But Esther is smart. I think she's brave. She's obviously likable. And God's favor is on her. It's so obvious. There's no way that she coincidentally wins the favor of like every person who ever encounters her, you know? So, so much so that she becomes queen. So Esther in my book is is someone who I would probably want to be friends with. (laughs) 
just saying. Now, Xerxes, his real name is Ahasuerus. I might not be saying that right, but that's how I'm going to say it. There's a Greek historian, Herodotus. Herodotus. He was born like kind of around the time that Xerxes took his throne, and he wrote a history of the wars between Greece and Persia. And this is relevant because at the beginning of Esther, we see that this whole big feast is happening, and Xerxes is hosting like a six month feast, showing off all of his riches, and then he's getting ready to like invade Greece. And he loses, by the way. But anyway, Herodotus wrote about these wars. He was a historian, and about a third of one of his books dealt with the reign of Xerxes. And he described this guy as bold, ambitious, handsome, self-indulgent. And honestly, he sounds kind of like a maniac, like just a very mentally unstable person who is very impulsive, has no spine, and very extreme in the way that he handles and approaches things. So that's who Esther got to be married to. Bless her. So that's King Xerxes. I share more of like a couple of very interesting things of our study inside the community. So head on over to herrenewstrength.com forward slash community to join us if you want some more tidbits. Then we have Mordecai. Mordecai is Esther's cousin who raised her. Uh, we know that Esther's parents died when she was younger and he took her in. They live in Persia. And when all the Jewish people were allowed to go back to Jerusalem to Israel, they didn't go. They chose to stay. And a lot of that had to do with financial comfort and just like people having already established their businesses and things like that. So he and Esther are Jews living in Persia. And we can see through the text that he's a person of influence. He chose by the city gate. And if you don't know what that signals that he had some position, some authority. And He's also very brave himself. Like he has the audacity to not follow rules because it would be in direct conflict with the law, Jewish law. As I was studying him and studying this book, I realized that he kind of is like a type of God the Father. Like he's a good father figure to Esther. And we see that when Esther is taken with all the virgins of the land to live in the palace and he goes and checks on her like every day and I remember thinking what a sweet dude and I was like wait a minute that's basically her dad like he was obviously concerned about her so we see that and I thought that that was really touching to me I have a soft spot for that and he's very wise he's very wise he has foresight and just can kind of see how things play out and he's also one who encouraged and really gave it to Esther straight when he was telling her, you need to take this whole shindig, this whole, you know, issue, situation that the Jewish people are about to be in and take it to the king and approach him and be bold enough to ask him to to save the Jewish people. I'll get into why that's a big deal later. So again, stick with me. But He's the one who gave it to Esther straight. Like, don't think that you're going to be safe just because you live in the palace. <laughs> you're Jewish too. Also, he was an honorable man. We see that in his dealings with what was happening behind the scenes in the city and in the palace and things like that. So that's Mordecai. 
Haman is the enemy of the Jews. This guy is evil. And what's interesting about him is that he is actually a descendant of the Agagite king that Saul did not kill. I don't know if you are well-versed or remember that when Saul became king, Samuel told him he was supposed to go and get rid of the Amalekites, like annihilate them, not to leave a person behind. Well, Saul goes and annihilates almost everybody. He saved the king. And the king was an Agagite king. Okay, I don't have the verse with me, but I have it in my study. So hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community if you want more. But basically, Saul was supposed to exterminate these people and he didn't. And so this man ends up in Persia, is a descendant of this Agagite king, and he hates the Jews. He's literally called the enemy of the Jews. And he hates Mordecai because... Mordecai is not scared of him. He's not, you know, he doesn't submit to him. And he just like, he's just not impressed, right? So the reason I share that is because if you're, you know, familiar with Esther, Haman has this like law passed. And this law says that everyone who sees Haman is supposed to bow to him. And Mordecai never bows. And people asked him, why don't you bow? And he's like, because I'm a Jew. (laughs) That's it. And I love that about Mordecai. He just does not care. So Haman doesn't like him. And Haman plots on Mordecai. He plots his death. He plots this whole thing that ends up backfiring on him. And we'll talk about that. It's like so ironic, right? And it's great. He ends up being the one who meets his own demise. But we see how evil he is and how conniving he is. So I'll touch on that in the next few weeks and definitely inside of the study that we have going on inside of our private community for anxious, overwhelmed Christian women who are struggling with time management or just want some Bible study. So if that's you, head to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community to join us on the inside and get all the goodness that is coming out of this study. It's way more organized, I promise. It's just that this character study, we have to really touch on these things so that the pages can come to life. And you know, the narrative, it's a story. It's a little hard to go line by line and like break things down because it's such a cohesive story. But I do my best inside the community to do that. So I'll see you on the inside. And if I don't, I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five, extra tips, and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.